0: Hi listeners, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by The Draw Shop, and we've got something exciting for you. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been asked what you do? We all get asked this, right? Have you then answered and then got the response of totally glazed over eyes or just the look of someone politely smiling, but definitely not caring? It sucks. I know. I've totally been there on both sides, actually. That's why my team and I at The Draw Shop now offer a service to help you perfect your elevator pitch so that people immediately understand how you can make their life better and so that you can use this anywhere in your marketing. It's the single statement that compels your prospects to take action right away. Here's what happens. You meet with an expert copywriter on our team to define the problem you solve, how you solve it, and the transformation your customers experience after working with you. From there, we'll turn that into a short and sweet elevator pitch just for you and create a compelling one-page visual story to help the world better understand your business and how you can help them. For a special limited-time offer, we are offering you this service for one-third the usual price valued at $1,500. Yep, 70% off. Again, this will only be available for a limited time, and we've already seen incredible results with our clients changing this one single statement. So to get your word perfect pitch today, head to www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch now. That's www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch. Okay, let's get into today's episode.
1: The younger generation, they're unlike any generation that came before them and they have different interests and different passions and they believe in a larger purpose. So that key to connecting with your product or your brand makes the difference as to whether they're going to buy or not.
0: Hi listeners, welcome to another Backstage Business episode. First, I'm going to apologize if there's some weird loud noises. My husband and I are in the middle of a remodel and so there may be some noise going on. We're still working from home, don't have the podcast studio set up yet. So, bear with us. So throughout the interview, you may hear some noises, but it's an excellent interview because I'm interviewing Susan Hay, and she's the editor and founder of Thrive Magazine. She's also the host of the Ethical Entrepreneurs podcast and she she founded Thrive Magazine and Thrive Media, which is a social media and digital marketing agency for industries that are health, food, and fitness related. She's worked with really awesome brands like Danone, River Cottage, Jamie Oliver, Champney Spa, awesome, awesome brands. And she she founded this because of her own journey, her, her challenging journey with, with food and nutrition herself and, and wanting to be super healthy. And she was in a high pressured career in the corporate world. And I think a lot of us can relate to high pressure and what it does to your health. So the reason I had Susan on the show is because I really wanted to talk about how we can build ethical brands. And it's such an important topic always. It's especially important right now with so many changes and things and pivots happening within our businesses that because of the challenges and changes that we go through, oftentimes we forget what our main mission is. And some of you might say, no, I know my mission. I would never forget that. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we do because we either grow too fast or because we face changes that we need to make and we're trying to work so quickly just to make sure that we stay in business, that we forget some of these things. So we're talking about strategies, brand strategies for ethical entrepreneurs, how to stay ethical and how to keep your brand ethical. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about her super simple, like so simple, but so awesome. I love really simple, Tactical things that you can walk away with and go, oh my gosh, I can implement this tomorrow or today and actually see results. And it's your three step daily system to grow your business. That's it. It's three simple things. You're going to hear them, listen out for them. We're also going to talk about how to stay strong with your team and make sure that you've got the right team and the challenges that can come along with that. There's actually so many things we talk about, even social media and how to simplify that for yourself, how to maintain your brand online without feeling super overwhelmed that you have to do something on every single platform. I heard this myself and I was like, okay, I I feel a bit of of relief because sometimes I wonder myself, are we doing enough? Are we doing this? We're doing that. Well, we talk about that. So Listen to all of that. It's a great interview. She's also got the best accent ever. I love it. (laughs) She's adorable. And I'm so grateful that she was on the show today. Hi, Susan. And thank you so much for being with me today. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. We are going to talk about some really, really good and important things For entrepreneurs and their business. But before we get into all of those juicy, good tips that you have, can you give us a background on your journey to being an entrepreneur and and starting these magnificent businesses that you have?
1: Of course. Yeah. So my corporate background summer is in design and branding. And I spent 22 years working with various different brands across food, across energy, different brand industries. And in 2012, I guess, similar to many other entrepreneurs, I kind of hit that point of burnout. I was traveling a lot. I was kind of eating on the go. And I started looking at my own health and nutrition at that point. I knew it was time for a change. And so that all kind of came together in the format of Thrive Health magazine. And that's still going today. So that launched in 2014. And then from that point, I built the brand up very quickly and a strong brand around Thrive. That other brands were coming to me and asking me to work on their their branding for them. So I, I kind of found myself pulled back to my corporate experience, if you like. And that's where private Publishing and the brand and media side of the business came about. So what we do is we work with food, health, wellness brands, helping them to develop a really strong ethical brand and then helping them to grow that brand online.
0: And you're working with mostly health industries or businesses, food businesses, nutrition, fitness
1: Yeah, a mix across the board. I mean, I've worked with some huge brands like Jamie Oliver here in the UK, Danone, Mars. But I found my passion as an entrepreneur, I guess, working with startup brands and people who are looking to launch a brand within food and health. And the reason being, I was seeing a lot of big companies kind of launching food products and food brands and them absolutely thriving. And then I was seeing smaller business owners trying to launch and not having the experience and the marketing budget behind them. So I really felt as if I wanted to help them understand how to get a really strong brand out to market.
0: Yeah. And that's what I really want to talk about because we do have a lot of listeners that are actually in this industry and some of them are startups. Some of them are, you know, have been for maybe a few years, five years and there's a, lot, there's a lot of competition when it comes to health and fitness, and they are passionate about, about what they're doing. They had a, have a really strong reason of why they're doing it, but it's sometimes difficult to get that across in their brands so that people connect with them rather than someone else. So, I want to talk about that and what advice you have for people in, in building that brand that people connect with.
1: Yeah, you're so right. You're on the Money Summer because people who kind of, I find, launch in the industry of health and nutrition, they have that huge passion. They really want to help people and they know their product and they know, you know, what they want to deliver. But they kind of struggle sometimes on brand connection, you know, and resonating with their perfect audience. So there's definitely some kind of, you know, it's a huge topic, but there's some tips I can give people on that. I mean, the first one is obviously you've got to do your, your audience research. And a lot yes. of the time, you, you have to, don't you? You know, if you don't oh, know who I you tell all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's step one. But also, I think it's really important. And I find a lot of entrepreneurs and brand owners really struggle telling their story in a succinct way that can connect. Yeah, it's a key one as well. They have the passion. And they know their own backstory and, you know, how they want to help people. But to tell that to their audience succinctly, I think people, people really struggle.
0: They, they do. Why do you think that is? Because sometimes they feel like they're so good at it when they're talking about it with a friend. But then when it comes to actually marketing to their audience, they struggle with that. Yeah, it's an odd one. I mean,
1: you know, human to human. People buy from people anyway. So if you're very passionate and you're very great telling your mission, you know your brand mission and your product to a friend, all you have to do is if you're, say, talking to another a business or a marketing contact is to tell it with the same passion, but to edit it down. You know, sometimes people have little time, whereas a friend will listen to every emotional detail and what i find is that when people try and edit their story down around their brand they lose that emotional connection and it's really disheartening to hear you know
0: absolutely it's so true really being vulnerable really is 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 key i think into into sharing and and oftentimes it's, it feels so risky and so daring to Talk about something that's so personable, but that is the real reason that these people have a passion, and that for me especially is why I connect with a brand. Is like, oh my gosh, I've totally been there. I totally relate to you, and now I feel like I can trust you more because you get where I've been.
1: Absolutely, and no more true than for the generations coming through now, like Generation Z. You know, the younger generation. They unlike any generation that came before them. And they have different interests and different passions, and they believe in a larger purpose. So that key to connecting with your product or your brand makes the difference as to whether they're going to buy or not.
0: Yes, absolutely. You you talk a lot about strategies for ethical entrepreneurs or building an ethical brand. Can you go into that more and, and what that looks like and how you do it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So this is all about, you know, authenticity and transparency. It's easier these days to kind of trace back somebody's supply chain. It's easier to dive into who's behind the brand than it ever has been before. So when you're launching, you know, a brand, for instance, let me give you an example of a brand that is a truly vegan snack food brand. You know, you have to be 100% authentic and truly vegan throughout every aspect of your business. So that, part of being ethical is about being transparent, but also having that mission to not just help, you know, the bottom line, help your product grow, but help people on a wider surface as well and help the planet as well. You know, it's about having that ethical approach as a business.
0: Yes, definitely. And for me, I feel like you, you kind of just feel it when a brand doesn't have that
1: I agree. Yeah, I think you can. And what's even more evident, I think you can see it and feel it when a brand is pretending to have it.
0: Yes. Oh, that's you know, so true.
1: Yeah. And and there are, you know, I think it's changing somehow over the last few years, you know, brands, how they portray themselves is definitely changed within food and health. Definitely. And I think it's because they know they have to connect with that customer on a level of authenticity these days, and especially to keep them as a long-term customer, you know?
0: Yes, for sure. You have a, a three-step daily system to grow your business. And I'm so curious, and I don't know what these are, so I get to learn them for the first time as well as, as my <laughs> listeners. But I'm curious if, because as we're talking about, you know, building an ethical brand, and I'm wondering, you know, do, they, do these steps coincide with with building an ethical brand. So that's what I'm curious about.
1: Okay. I mean, there is no, it's not a deep, dark secret. I mean, it's a pretty, really straightforward approach. And it's what I kind of, when I'm working with entrepreneurs, it's a system that I give them and, and see if they can stick to it. It's so simple. And it's just the case of three times, three times three. And what I mean by that is if you want to grow your business each week, make three sales promotions make three new connections and do three bits of research. And where the beauty of that lies is if you do the research first, that will feed into the connections and feed into the sales. So it's just a really simple system to make sure you're moving forward. You know,
0: I love that. It's so simple.
1: (laughs) It's, It's absolutely simple, but it works. If
0: it's repeated, it works. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that when it comes to growing your business and sales and, it's the consistency of doing it over and over again. And it's, I mean, if, especially if you know sales, there's, there's certain things that you just keep repeating, doing over and over again, and you will start to see those results. It's, it's just, it's like science.
1: <laughs> it is. And do you know what? It's the science that most entrepreneurs try to avoid sales as well, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, totally. I hate So it. what was your experience personally, if you, if you would share with us, that brought you to be passionate about the food industry, the health industry, and just you know, being good to yourself?
1: So from that point of hitting burnout, and I started looking at my own nutrition, what I was putting in my body, and also, you know, the people I was spending time with, the whole holistic state of my life, if you like, at that point, and I refocused it into food. I retrained in nutrition myself because I wanted to understand the industry before stepping into it. And I done a lot of research into food manufacturing, additives, everything that goes into food types, you know? And that's where I guess I got the bit between my teeth. And I wanted to see brands that come to market that were authentic, you know, and were truly healthy. And weren't just having that front to pretend. So that's where the passion came and, And it's still
0: there today. I think I know your type. Let me guess, you're the kind that's 100% willing to put in the sweat equity to get after your goals, as long as you're given a step-by-step process that leaves nothing to chance. Am I close? Okay, then let's get this out of the way. If you've been listening to me for the past month, you know I've been talking a lot about my mentor and friend, Amy Porterfield, and how she is the queen of digital courses. If it weren't for Amy, I'd be slinging just another online course because a good digital course, yeah, they're anything but set it and forget it. That's why I'm excited to let you know that for the first time in a year, doors to Amy's Digital Course Academy have officially opened. And I've got a bonus package for you that will help you speed up your way to course creation success. But you have to go to my personal link at thedrawshop.com forward slash Amy to get your hands on it. Joining Digital Course Academy in 2018 turned out to be a game changer for my business. It's a ridiculous deal that she's offering, and that's why the doors won't be open long. So go see what's on the inside at www.thedrawshop.com forward slash Amy. If you're down to chip away at that list with daily baby steps, make sure you hop inside Digital Course Academy alongside my bonus, Wait Summer. What's the bonus? Well, did you hear my intro today where I talked about how my team and I at the Draw Shop now offer a service to help you perfect your elevator pitch so that people immediately understand what you do and how you can make their life better? It's the single statement that compels your prospects to take action right away. Well, your bonus when you join Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy through my link is the elevator pitch. That's right. When you join, I'm going to give you this service for free, meaning you'll get to meet with one of our expert copywriters to define the problem you solve, how you solve it, and the transformation your customers experience after working with you. And from there, we'll turn that into a short and sweet elevator pitch and create a compelling one-page visual story to help the world better understand your business and how you can help them. You can take this exact statement and infographic and use it for your course. I seriously can't Wait for this program to change the game for you. Just head over to the drawshop.com forward slash Amy. And when you join, we will get notice and send you all the details to get your bonus. You've heard me talk about our trainings and adding a digital course to our model literally changed my life and the growth of my business. This is hands down the fastest way to crush your course creation mental roadblocks. So head over to the drawshop.com forward slash Amy because it's only there for a couple of more days. Okay. Back to the show. How would you suggest somebody who is looking to purchase from brands that are healthy and ethical? Like what are the things to look for? And I'm asking this for us as as consumers, as well as looking at what other people are looking for when we promote our brand.
1: Yeah. Good question. So, I mean, the first easy step if you're talking about a food brand, is to look at the ingredients. You know, is to look at the ingredients list and ask, is everything within that ingredients list needed? You know, does it make up the core part of the product? That's a first step. Definitely look at who they work with, who they collaborate with, and who their they, trade partners, their supply chain, all of that side of it. You know, when you look into provenance, of a brand, you can really learn a lot. And then the third step, I'd say, look at the brand owner. You know, brand owners have have stepped from behind the products these days. So look who owns it and who's running it, what else they've done, who they work with.
0: Yes, for sure. What are some warning signs to look for?
1: Well, I always think that, you know, suddenly if a, a brand has sprung up from nowhere, and this is not all the case, you know, this this doesn't apply all the time, Summer. But if a brand has had a huge initial injection of money, it's, it's kind of the journalism side, you know, follow the money, who's invested, you know, are there any red flags in there? It's difficult for consumers because, you know, we're time poor as consumers. So you really want to put your money where your belief is, but you haven't got the time sometimes to dive so deep into a product I mean, you, you, if you're buying a food product, you're buying it because it's nutritious, it's good for you, and it tastes good. So, that, I mean, that's where there's a lot of people out there, including Thrive, the magazine, who will uncover these brands for you to save you the time.
0: Yeah. You know, this is making me think of when looking into our own brands, and I, and I, I don't think this is intentional, but I think that sometimes people along the way of building their business can, may have started as an ethical brand and then grow really quickly and then lose some of that. What are some things as business owners that we can look at to make sure that we are continuing to build an ethical brand? just something to be like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm always, you know, being, being true to my mission.
1: Yeah. I love that question. Cause you, you can lose as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you can, you know, you get swept along with the ride. Don't you sometimes? Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, you know, it's quite an easy thing. I mean, the team around you, if you're building a team, they're going to drag you back to the, to why the brand was started and the mission, but have a brand manifesto, have 10 points, who you will work with, who you won't work with, who you will take investment from, who you won't, you know, and and even come back to that list once a month, just to check if you're on track, if your mission is still on track, and if you're connecting with the right people still.
0: I love that. And, you know, I would add too that it goes into the team that you have. And yeah. even businesses are always evolving and that can happen just w- with team members, you know, it might one day you realize, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this core group is, is now growing. And, and maybe we, maybe these people don't fit in anymore with it, with our mission. I've seen that happen a lot. And I think it's, it's, it's scary when you grow, (laughs) whether you're, whether you're growing just in, you know, in revenue or just growing as, as a person and as with your mission, It's scary because it, It definitely requires change and that brings along a lot of challenges. So it's, it's hard.
1: It does. And it exposes things as well, doesn't it? You know, when you grow, when you grow quickly, exposes gaps and it. I think it's just about having that, you know, remembering to step back while you started the business in the first place, what your mission was as a business and a brand and keep coming back to that and see if it still resonates with you.
0: Yes, Susan, what was the biggest challenge for you in starting your businesses? Oh, wow. I think we probably just touched on it, Summers, probably
1: the people in the team. So when I was working in corporate, I was managing a team of eight. And when I stepped out as an entrepreneur, I made the decision to not actually employ people. It's the most difficult part in business. And I think any business owner or entrepreneur will say the same, you know, managing your team and the people is the trickiest part. So I made the decision to use a kind of freelance team and I still do that today. So I'd say that the biggest challenge was finding those right people and hanging on to them as well.
0: Yeah, I think that is definitely, I would, I would say that as well, challenges for for me in business as well, has always been to find those right people. Because when you find those right people, it is such gold. It's such magic.
1: (laughs) It is. It is. And you just want to put a a shackle around their
0: angle and they can't go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Today's world right now, we're changing so much. We're changing just because there's a rapid growth of technology. There's so much that we can do in faster ways that it almost puts pressure on you to do things more quickly. At the same time, you know, so much is going on in our world. Businesses really have had to pivot. I've noticed Mm -hmm. that a lot of businesses actually almost changed their whole model and they've had to do it really, really quickly. And I wondered if I, I find myself asking this to a lot of my guests, because I'm so curious to everybody's insight, which has all been very unique. What are your what are your thoughts in terms of having to pivot the fear around doing it, having mm. to potentially change the whole, even mission of of your business? Just what are what are your thoughts and experience on that with with all that's been going on in our world?
1: Yeah, it's such a key question. It's strange actually, because one of my main quotes and I say to people is as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to pivot. So it's interesting that you brought that up. You're so right, Summer. You know, businesses have had to change dramatically on a knife edge over the last six months. And it's always interesting, like from an outside perspective, of watching large corporations try to pivot and then smaller entrepreneurs pivoting. It's almost comparing like a giant cruise liner to a tugboat. It's so interesting to watch because. You know, I mean, some food and health brands have gone from, you know, delivering one to one and working restaurant style, serving consumers to 100% being online over the last few months, whereas bigger corporations have struggled to even do that, you know. So (laughs) pivoting, I don't think you can stand still at all as an entrepreneur. You know, if if you're aware and still interested in your industry and you're seeing what's happening and how quick it moves. You know, like you said, with technology, you have to pivot, don't you?
0: Yes, you have to. It's, yep.
1: (laughs) And it's not just, I think it's not even just pivoting once, you know, you might have to pivot again and again. And I, I guess that's where it comes back to that brand manifesto because you can pivot your brand, but your brand mission will stay the same.
0: Yes, I love that you You help a lot of businesses in terms of how they are how they represent themselves online with with social media and digital marketing. Do you have some like go to tips in terms of doing that because I know that that's a big source of frustration as well is social media and keeping up with your brand online. It's like, okay, I have this many I only have this much time to post on social media, and sometimes it's like you're doing great for three days. And then all of a sudden it's two weeks. You haven't had time.
1: (laughs) Oh God. I hear this being such a stress for business owners, huge stress, you know, that, that feeling as if they need to keep up. Um, my main tip is please don't try and do it all, (laughs) you know, you can't even, even as a five, six man team, you can't do all of the channels all of the time. So what you need to find out is what, what channel do your audience hang out on mostly? And that's where your focus goes. And then what other two, three channels can build your brand effectively? And just focus on three channels when it comes to social media. You know, if you're great on video, get your brand on YouTube. If you don't like video, but you love writing, focus on your blogs. It, I think it's about finding that one channel that works for you.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree. And it's where, where do you connect with people? And I think the overwhelm comes from trying to do all of it. Yeah. And it's, it's like that whole spreading yourself really, really thin. You can't possibly be excellent at one thing if you're trying to be good at everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I always think you can do anything, but you can't do everything.
0: Exactly. And it's so much, I mean, if you really, if you're, if you're looking for A certain outcome and you're really looking to be good at something, focus on that one thing instead of so many things. A friend of mine used to refer to it like a, like a garden. It's like, if you really focus on these, these plants and you water them every day, and you've got so much water and so much nutrition to give them, Giving it to them, they will grow. But if you try to spread it thin over this whole entire field, just that, just that same amount of water and that same amount of nutrition, they're not going to thrive.
1: I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's exactly that, isn't it? You know, energy flows where focus goes. So where are you going to put your focus for that growth?
0: Exactly. And
1: another key thing on that summer as well is make sure you're measuring it. I'm a little bit of a data geek when it comes to our marketing side of our business. So you know put the energy in
0: but make sure you're measuring it to know if it's working or not you're speaking my language i am the same i'm <laughs> obsessed with it <laughs> and i probably i probably look at it more often than i need to but i'm always I'm always it's exciting it's so fun to see you know what you put out and the results that that come in and what works and what doesn't work it's yeah. just it's, it's so much fun I yeah agree. it's rewarding oh my goodness we covered so many great things here Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and see the magazine? I know that you've got a podcast as well.
1: Yeah, so I I interview ethical entrepreneurs, and it's really about getting their kind of brand story out there to help people who are starting up their own brand. So they can certainly check out the podcast. It's Thrive Podcast, Ethical Entrepreneur. Um, The website for the magazine is thrive-magazine.co.uk. Or they can check out ThriveBrandAcademy.com as well.
0: Awesome. And we have links to all of that. So when you go to the show notes, you will see all of those links. You can go directly to them. Susan, I'm so, I'm so happy that you joined us today. We covered so many great things that I think are so, so super important. And I can't thank you enough.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm sure we could have kept going for an hour or so. Especially- oh, Always, always, yes. (laughs) No, thank you very much for having me, Summer. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcasts, where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.